you get an injury, 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 you get an injury. Holy shit. Yeah, what's good? It's Howie Snickers, and this is the Dirty Mouth Podcast. We're doing something a little bit different today. We have a guest. It's just a game. Let's welcome our Philly-owned Chris. Chris Peel in the building. Yes, yes. Hey, y'all. What's good up? Good to have you. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. I've been definitely wanting to do one of these for a long time. I've been wanting to collaborate for a while, so it's it's good to do it. It's finally so. I'm glad to have you on the show. Now, first, I want to get right into it. Monday night football. What, what are your thoughts on the game exactly? Uh, I, I like John Gruden. Now, it's funny because, like, I'm a diehard Eagles fan, but I have, you know, certain players or certain coaches that I really like to see succeed, and John Gruden is one of those guys. I guess maybe it's just from being watching him on, in the Monday night football booth for the longest time. I just became a fan of his, and then when he went back to coaching, I wanted to see him win. But then the last two years, it hasn't exactly worked out. And and it's funny because to start the game, it looked like the Saints were going to just cruise to an easy win. I mean, the first quarter, it looked like they were about to just just blow out the Raiders. I thought this would be one of them 34 to 13 wins. But somewhere in the second quarter, Darren Waller started getting involved. Josh Jacobs started getting involved. Like, the Raiders just pretty much took over to the end. I mean, Saints really never got back into this game. I mean, they got a garbage touchdown at the end, but <laughs> the Raiders had control of this game pretty much from the second quarter on. So, uh, I'm going to agree with you. I didn't think I'd see Gruden back on the field. It was like he's out there playing Madden, man. He, he didn't lose it at all. He didn't skip a beat. Yeah. It seems like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he does, yeah. The funny thing is, his last, his last game he called – as a Monday night football announcer was actually against the Eagles. It was the Raiders against the Eagles on Christmas of 2017. I still remember. And everyone pretty much knew he was going back, going back to coaching, but we didn't know what team he was going back to. But so it was pretty, it's, it's definitely good to see. I, I like to see guys that really love the game of football be it because I mean, for the longest time, it's being, being like a commentator you don't have that much responsibility. I mean, you're getting paid millions of dollars just to work one time a year. All you got to do is watch some film. Like, I feel like being a head coach in the NFL is, like, probably one of the most stressful jobs ever. And you're not getting paid as much as your players. Your players are getting paid more than you are. but And you, right. you have to do all of the work. But and I think that's why he was just content being an announcer for the longest time. But eventually, I guess, that, that just finally came back to him. He's just like, no, I, I want to coach again. So, he, he went back, and I'm glad to see him back. How do you feel about Josh Jacobs as a running back in the NFL? He's he's really good. He's um, I mean, we know Alabama is they're like a running back factory out there. I mean, we can go back to Trent Richardson, or Mark Ingram, to uh, T.J. Yeldon, to him. I mean, it's a lot of running backs from Alabama, and he's uh, I don't know. I guess I, I guess I gotta say he's the probably the best one. I think. I guess he's a little better than Ingram. I would put like him and then Ingram and Trent Richardson would definitely be last. 
No, Derrick Henry. Yeah. I forgot about Derrick Henry. I'm, I'm see, it's a lot. Like it's <laughs> yeah, I forgot about okay. I, I don't I don't know. But he's he he's definitely like him, uh Derrick Henry and who else did I just like? You got Mark Ingram in there. Mark Ingram, yeah. Okay. Them three, yeah. They're like the best three to come out of Alabama. And I think I think Josh Jacobs made up for the the mistake of Marshawn Lynch of two years ago for the Raiders. So I didn't know you were a college fan. Um, not really. I mean, I so I follow Bleacher Report. I follow like the guys that are going to get drafted. I follow like the mock drafts. I follow like those guys. I'm not a big. I'm not like oh Saturday afternoon. I'm gonna watch like LSU against like I don't know Texas Tech. I, I'm not. I'm not a huge college fan, but I I follow players. If I know they're going to be NFL players, I'll, I'll I'll keep an eye out for them. My biggest beef with college football is. High-ranked schools against no-name colleges. I know it's not a big deal to me that Alabama blew out Citadel. I don't care. Exactly. I was was about to say that too because I'm like, like Citadel, like, and I hate (laughs) when it happens at the beginning of the year. And I get because you know what we got to deal with this year. There's no preseason in college football, so they just it's like it's pretty much a preseason game for them. All the big teams they get to play these garbage teams at the beginning. It's just it doesn't matter. I mean, you only have what eleven games in college. Like I, I feel like they should all be meaningful games, even if you have to play two games against a certain opponent. Like so be it. I don't want to see you play like you said. I don't want to see you play Citadel. I don't don't care. I don't care about a fifty-six to nothing game. Like you know, you want to win. Like it's. It makes no sense to me. Like, who, who are you high on the draft out of college going into the NFL next season? Honestly, I'm not going to lie. I haven't checked out anything at all this year. No? With the, so with the pandemic, the pandemic really threw everything off. I mean, I'm yes, it did. I'm, yes, so, it did. I'm so far behind on everything. I mean, I didn't even really. So football to me is like the holy grail. So when baseball and basketball came back in like July, it was like, okay, we got sports back a little bit, but I still wasn't like like I wasn't like all in just yet. But once football came back, now it's like okay, now I'm all in because I was just doing like other things. And at first, it was tough. Like that first month, like in like the, the end of March, it killed me. I'm just like no sports. Like what am I supposed to do? Right. I got, I got so used to it. I was just watching. I would fall asleep to podcasts. I started watching stand up comedy. I was watching a lot of things that was just out of out of sports and I got so used to it. Then by the time it came back, it was hard to just dive right back in. But once football came back, it was just, okay, now we're back. But then football came back and the NFL came back and it's really hard to try to keep up with college in the NFL in the NFL playoffs. I mean, in the NBA playoffs and then baseball coming down to the pen. It's just so much to try to do it at one time. So, And the way that things went this year and how it was rushed, not having a preseason Cause no OTAs, yeah. and half of the NFL's top players are injured with ACL, MTL, meniscus, knee yes. injuries. Yes, uh, I, I, I don't know. I feel like this is the result of not being properly planned for. Yeah, it's 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 tough, man. I'm, yesterday it was like it was like Final Destination. Yesterday it was just one player <laughs> after another. It was just like. I remember I have a coworker and he played fantasy football and he has uh, Saquon Barkley on his team. And um, I forgot he has somebody else on his team. And he told me Saquon went down. So I'm like, okay, whatever. But I'm, I'm an Eagle fan for, I don't really see fantasy. Fo- I'm going to ask you, how do you feel about fantasy football? though? I play fantasy football faithfully. 
I did not want to play this year. Yeah. I said, yo, COVID's going to mess everything up. Yeah. There's no point in me even doing it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't COVID. It was the field. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, the field's the a killer. The field was fucking them up. Right, right. Like, um, So I played fantasy football a couple years ago. I did it with um a couple coworkers, and it was just so stressful to me. And I'm like, because I, like today, I want to sit on my couch and I want to watch the game. I want to watch the Sunday night game. I want to sit down and watch the Monday night game. I don't want to turn the channel. I don't want to look at my phone. I don't want to do any of that stuff. So when I play fantasy football, what happens is I'm so worried about, oh, okay, I need my player to score. I need my player to get touches. And I'm, I'm not really enjoying the game as much. So that, to me, takes away from actually enjoying the game. So I don't want to play fantasy football. So my coworker is telling me this stuff. Oh, this person got injured. This person got injured. And he's just staring at his phone the whole time. And I'm just like, my guy, you're going to drive yourself crazy. Even last week. And I'm like, it's week one. You're going to drive yourself nuts and staring at your phone from one o'clock until 11 o'clock every single Sunday. And then on Monday, you're sitting there staring at your phone. Then on Thursday, you're staring. It's just, it's just, it's, it's not worth the stress. Like I have, yeah, enough stress yeah. to, I have enough stress to deal with, with the Eagles. I don't need, I don't need more things to stress about. So I just, I just gave up fantasy football cold turkey. That way I can just sit back and enjoy some football. Right, because like you said, you're caring about things that you never would before. You're rooting for players that you literally don't care about. Yeah. You got somebody in your lineup that you would never pay attention to otherwise and you want them to score, and then you're mad because you put money down because exactly. I put it in paid leagues, yeah. and I'm losing money because my starting player, I also drafted Saquon, first round, fifth pick, yeah. and he's out for the season. Now I'm scrambling looking for a running back, and I can't find anybody because yeah. everybody got snatched up. Yeah, It's crazy, man. And if you think about not only Saquon, like if you – Saquon, uh, Alva Kamara, and Christian McCaffrey are probably the top three, like, fancy picks. So – and then two of those guys are hurt now. Christian McCaffrey is going to be out for at least four to six weeks. He has a high ankle sprain. So yep. it just really sucks like that. And then, you know, you have non-fancy players even getting hurt. I mean, you got Solomon Thomas from the Niners getting hurt. You have Nick Bosa getting hurt. You have Jimmy G getting, getting hurt. You have – um. I saw somebody else. Drew Locke got hurt, like for the the quarterback for the for the Broncos. Uh, Titans out too. Yes, like exactly. So it's just it's a lot of people there. Like I'm telling you, it was just like nonstop. Every time I looked at the bottom of the thing, I'm just this person got hurt. I'm looking at my Bleacher Report thing. It's just like I'm like, what is going on today? Like it's just crazy. Like I don't understand. I mean, like I said, I, I get it. You know, with the no OTAs and no preseason, like that definitely played a big part in it, but. That justice will be good. I mean, it really sucks, but like I said, it was like final destination. It was just one by one. You can't cheat, you can't cheat death. You can't cheat the NFL injuries. Eventually, you're going to get it. And my team, the Eagles, we had a lot of injuries in week one. Lane Johnson was out. Uh, first of all, Andre Diller, who's supposed to be our left tackle. Jason Peters was supposed to be our right guard. And Andre Diller ended up getting hurt. And then Jason Peters had to move the left tackle. And then Lane Johnson, our starting right tackle, got hurt. And then our backup right tackle got hurt. And then we had to put, like, a backup to him in. And then our left guard got hurt yesterday, Isaac Malo. So, it, it, Miles Sanders was out last week. It, it's just a lot of stuff, man. Injuries. Are what, with me being in South Jersey, I'm in the Philly area. I'm not even 15 minutes away from it. So everybody around me is an Eagles fan. Yep. The Eagles games are always on at my house. My wife is an Eagles fan. That's so cool. I watch and I see what goes on with you guys. And man, y'all got a lot of work to do. I know, man. We'll 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 get to that. We'll talk about that more on my podcast. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, <laughs> trust me, we'll we'll definitely get to that because they're driving me nuts right now. I can't even. Um, yeah, I, I can't even talk about that, but. Um, <laughs> 
But I know you wanted to talk about the stadium too. So um, like the the, stadium, the, the Las Vegas stadium. So. The Death Star that looks like a Roomba. Yeah, right. Like. <laughs> I saw I saw a meme and it said the only difference between the Roomba and the stadium is the Roomba has fans in it. And I was yeah, like, right, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, like the most ironic thing to me about this is so the LA Rams and the Chargers, they've been waiting for the stadium for like three years now, and then Las Vegas. So they've been waiting all this time for this new stadium just for no fans to be allowed in. And I just think that's like the most like that's the funniest thing ever. Like you have this big high end stadium that no you can't then no one can enjoy. Like you just have to look at all these empty seats and it's just it's nuts to me, man. Did you see how how much money did they spend on that stadium? Because Who's paying for that? Tax dollars? The fans? The tickets? I, I mean, all that gambling dollars, I guess, in Las Vegas. So. Right. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, there's no way the Raiders are going to lose in their home opening in Vegas. They got too much money on the line right, right now. Come on, man. It's funny because my, my girlfriend said that, too. We watching it, and she's like, she's like, yeah, there's no way. They're not going to lose any games like they're in Las Vegas. It's like, it shouldn't even be – it shouldn't even be allowed to play in Las Vegas. But. Yeah. How you feel about uh, Carr? You you like him as a quarterback? You think he's a starting quarterback or no? Yeah, I like Carr. I, I think I think Carr's good. I mean, he, he's had a couple like up and down moments, like. But I think in his rookie year, he was really good. I'm trying to think what year he got drafted. He was drafted with somebody else. So I remember him and Amari Cooper playing together in the ACDC combination. Oh yeah, but yeah. I can't remember the exact year it is. Right. I mean, he either got drafted in either 15 or 16, one of them years, but. Yeah, I say I do like Carr. I mean, he's way better than his brother ever was. So like, he's he's really good. But I mean, the Raiders they didn't they they didn't have a quarterback for a long time. I mean, they went from I mean, we're talking Jamarcus Russell, we're talking Terrell Pryor. I mean, they've they've struggled for a couple of years now. Speaking of Jamarcus Russell, did you hear the story about the tapes? No, nah, actually, no. About Jamarcus Russell? Yeah. No, nah, no. Nah. So. They wanted him to go home and study film, right? Because yeah. they're saying that he was sucking on the field. So he went home. Yeah. He said he studied all the film and he was ready to play. They gave him blank film. Oh, uh, yeah. Actually, I did hear that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> I, thought you, I thought it was something recent. I thought, okay, I, I was about to say, like, wait, he's still in the news? Okay. Yeah. He, <laughs> nah. Not funny about Jamarcus Russell. So, like, I don't. I'm not claiming to be like some big football expert. Like I'm not like, oh, I watched millions of hours of film and I, I can see his mechanics are off. I don't really know. But when Jamarcus Russell was in college, I I never really thought he was gonna be that good. Like just looking at him, he didn't really look as athletic to me. He didn't he had the arm strength, but it's just something about him. And sometimes you see players in college and you think, okay, this guy has it. Like when I watched um Andrew Luck in college, I was like, okay, this guy's gonna be a star. Like I knew it right away just watching him, like this guy's gonna be a good player. Um Really? Yeah, I, I really. I don't, it was just something about him. Something like I guess it just comes from twenty years of watching football. But there's just certain qualities that you can see. Like you, you can read body language. So you can just see like, okay, this guy's doing whatever it takes to win. Like and certain things like that. Just, and I just never got that from Jamarcus Russell. I really looked at him just like like I, I can admit when I'm wrong too. Derrick Henry when he was in college. I did not think Derrick Henry would be good at all. I didn't think Derrick Henry was fast enough. I didn't think he was, like, big enough to be, like, a Jerome Bettis type. But I just thought he'd be, like, a – I thought he'd be a nice third down back. Like, like somebody like I that. agree. Like, I, I agree. Yes. I did not think he would be leading the league in rushing. Like. Man, I know it's, a, it's such a weird transition to go from college to professional 
because it's two completely different worlds because a system you have with a coach in college yeah. is not going to translate the same way with an NFL coach. And you know how big an NFL coach's ego is. Yeah, facts, facts, man. Like, it's, like it's, that's that right. that's big facts. Like even with um somebody like a Lamar Jackson, like John Harbaugh, they made him the starter and he kind of kind of tailored his offense around them. But the first year it didn't really look pretty, but then Last year, it came all together. But sometimes, you know, John Harbaugh was able to put his ego aside, and he was able to, okay, let's let's do it this way. And exactly. It's what works best for the team, and a lot of people don't realize that. Facts. And I always take that back to um, the Broncos did, because in, remember, 2011, they had Tim Tebow, and they were just a run team. Run, 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 run. That was it. And then when you watched them when they got Peyton Manning the next year, they were just like a completely different offense. And to me, any coach that – like, you have to be able to adapt. You can't just – Okay, this is the offense we're going to run. This is the defense we're going to run. This is what we're going to do. You have to go by what your skill set is. Like, what what your what, what kind of players do you have, and how can you bring the best out of out of those players? So, huge facts. Like, yeah. Speak. Speaking of Tebow, you know who reminds me of Tebow the most that played today? Yeah, uh, uh, Taysom Hill. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I don't think Taysom Hill is a quarterback. I don't know what the Saints are doing. Or how they're setting it up, but he needs to play tight end, and they need to move him. Yeah, Taysom Hill does everything. He is like sometimes he plays quarterback, sometimes he plays receiver, sometimes he plays fullback, sometimes he's a tight end, sometimes he plays. Uh, he even plays in a punt team. He plays the up man on the right team. So like he plays on special teams. It's like this man does everything. So like I remember within 13 seconds last year, he blocked the kick, scored an extra point, and then caught a reception in the end zone, yeah, like, really. all in, like, five plays. I was like, you got to be kidding me right Right, now. right. Like, it's like, and it's funny because, you know, with the personnel, like, you know, 11 personnel, 12 personnel, 22 personnel, like, when he's in the game, I don't know what the personnel is because I don't know what position he's actually playing. So, like, it's it's hard to it's hard to tell. Like, I don't know if he's a tight end, if he's a, is he a running back, is he in as, a, as, a, as a fullback, is he a wide receiver? Like, what is he? So, I really, I really don't know. It's it's tough. He's one of those guys that you – and I remember he was going to be a free – he was supposed to be a free agent too, and, and everybody thought, oh, right. maybe he'll be a starting quarterback. And I'm just looking at him like he's not really equipped to be a starting quarterback, I don't think. So I think he made the right decision coming back to the Saints and doing what he does best. The crazy part is if I'm a defensive coach on the other side and I see them bring him in, I know he's getting the ball. I know he's doing something. Yeah, facts. You double-team him. Yeah, for real. And you, you could have easily double-teamed him today because you had no Michael Thomas. I mean, outside right. of Robert Kamara, like, what kind of weapons do you really have? So, I didn't realize he made that much of a difference not playing it. Yeah. Apparently, Michael Thomas is the only person that runs slants in New Orleans. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's funny. Like Sanders, zero. Yo, he, yeah, he got, like, a garbage time catch, like, at the very, very end. But it was it was too late by that time. Right. Yeah, I forgot all about him. But um, it's funny because, like, Michael Thomas – like, a player like that, they always say, oh, they got so many weapons. They got so many weapons. And when you take, like, one, that best player away, it's funny how all of a sudden it doesn't seem like you have that many weapons anymore. Like, like exactly. Once you, you know, once you take the biggest one away, it's like, wow, we really don't have that many. Like, like last year, I remember with the Eagles, I thought we had numerous weapons. But it's like as soon as the show went down, it's like all of a sudden our offense just couldn't do anything, so. I completely forgot Nelson Aguilar played in Las Vegas. Yeah. When he got that catch, I was shook. I was like, oh, and uh, Jason Witten. I'm like, what? how many people did they pick up in the offseason? Right, right. Over here? I know, hey, um, 
Yeah, because we got, you know, Malcolm Jenkins was in the game and we got Nelson Aguilar. So oh, yeah, got, yeah. You know, two yeah. Super Bowl 52, you know, peak point there. So that was good. Yeah, Janoris Jenkins over there too now. I'm like, okay, man. He had, okay. he had a pick six last week against uh, Tom Brady too. I remember that. So. Yep. Now, me personally, I'm a Panthers fan, so I hate the Saints with a passion. Yeah. Cannot stand that team, yeah. not even a little bit. And I am not high on Lattimore. I think he's terrible. Oh, Lattimore. You, you disagree with that? Yeah, I do disagree with that. I, I like Lattimore. I feel like he doesn't want to get beat, so he pushes off the man and gets P.I. all the time. <laughs> you have to be physical, was, though. I'm looking at the bottom of the screen. It said what? They had 10 penalties for 128 yards they lost? Yeah, they, they had a lot of penalties, yeah. Come on, man. Come on. You you got to be physical, but there's a point where you're not fast enough, man. You're not fluid with the receiver, and you can't keep up. It, it is what it is. Yeah, they, that, that Henry Ruggs, man, that, that kid is fast. Like. Woo! The, the Raiders in general are just quick. Yeah, but quick, they, quick. I remember when Al Davis was alive. Um, they used to just draft like fast players all the time. Like even if even if like the receiver or the running back wasn't good, if they was fast, they was drafting them. It, it just did not matter. Like. Like, you got speed? Okay, come to our team. Like, no interview, no nothing. Just, we got you. Yeah, that's what they were saying. I was listening to the announcer uh, during uh, halftime when they were talking about how the tight end, he wasn't even uh, drafted. He was just out there uh, catching the ball with them, and they signed him to the team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dan Walker, he came out of nowhere. I don't know. Like, I think either last year, he just, like, broke onto the scene, and it was just one of them things where I'm just like, wait, is this guy a rookie, or, like, where did he come from? Like, it's a lot of players like that you see, and you just – just come out of nowhere, kind of. There's a lot of tight end talent over there in the AFC West, man. They, they know how to scout them. I don't know. With uh, with Noah Kelsey, yeah, Kelsey, yeah. and Hunter Henry over there with yeah. the Chargers. Like, yeah, right. they, they got some big boys over there, man. Yeah. Honestly, I think this is like – I think this might be the best era for, ever for the tight end. I mean, if you think about back in the day, I mean, you had your Tony Gonzalez's, you had your Shannon Sharps, you know, you had your Kellen Winslow's back in the day. Even, like – more recently, you had, you had like Rob Gronkowski, you had Henry Hernandez, even like you know, even Tony Gonzalez was still good like a couple years ago. But I don't think we've ever seen like this many good tight ends in the league. Like we have like probably like ten to fifteen like legit tight ends that could be like like Pro Bowlers, like all Pro talents. Like, yeah, especially yours over there with Ertz and Goddard. They're bowling, man. Yeah, we got two good ones. Yeah, I like I like duos. I actually want to talk about duos. I think I'm gonna do that one day. Cause there's a lot yeah. of good, like, cause you know we got good running back duos. Um, like the Browns, I think the Browns have like the best running back duo. Like Kareem, they're Hunt. gonna have the they're gonna have the best duo to never win anything. Yeah, they yeah, effects. They um, oh, that's what I meant to say, Tom. Glad you brought that up. It's like I listened to the episode the other day when you were talking about um, <laughs> you said everybody complaining about the Browns and the Bengals, and you just like I don't care who's playing. Like I'm. I'm going to watch. It. So like, I don't. We went five, six months without any sports. Like, you think I'm gonna come? I don't care if the the Browns practice squad is playing against like, <laughs> like you said, the National X team. Like, it's like X competition. It's just I'm going. Like, I have foot. Like, football is back. I don't care who is playing. Like, and like, I'm like you. I'm I'm a football fan, so I I watch it. If it's the, especially if it's the NFL, I watch anybody. Like, it's in basketball. You know, I'm like kind of like all right, whatever. Like if, if I see like the Pelicans playing the Grizzlies, I'm probably not going to watch that game. But if I'm scrolling the TV and I see like, like you said, the Bengals and they're playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars, like I can find some, I can find some good matchups to watch in football because I'm a, I'm a football fan. Like I don't care who's playing. Like, 
for the love of the game, man. Yeah, facts, man. It's just like so. I I was listening to that, and I'm just like, yeah, I definitely agree with you, man. Because that is like that's that's some that's some straight facts right there. <laughs> Man, uh, I, I really like having you on here. We're definitely going to have to do this again, man. Yeah, for sure. I'm looking at this stuff, and I'm like, I, I'm looking at feedback, and people are like, yo, you need to have a back and forth with somebody. You you got to have somebody that doesn't agree with you, try to get under your skin, make you mad, argue with them. And I'm like, oh, yeah. no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Yeah, no. Nah, just, nah. just talking to somebody, just literally, you, you got two different mindsets and two different eyes and points of view looking at the same thing. Yep. It's, like, good, man. Yeah, facts. Like, we don't got to be – because I feel like what happens, like, on shows like First Take and even, like, Undisputed, I feel like a lot of times they just disagree with them just for, like, the – just for the ratings, just for, just for the show's sake, you know? And, like, I feel like yep. we don't actually believe some of the stuff. Like, Skip Bayless, I swear, I watch him and it drives me crazy because I'm just like, dog, you do not believe that. It's no way – you believe, like the stuff he says about LeBron sometimes. I'm just like, are you really serious? Are you really saying this stuff right now? I just don't understand. So it's just you're making no sense at all. You're just saying it's just to just to argue with Shannon Sharp because he's just a big LeBron fan. You're a LeBron naysayer, so it just seems like okay, let's let's make this work, you know. So it just it makes no sense to me. Like that's Uncle Shannon right there. I love that guy, man. Yeah, Shannon, that's that's my guy right there. I like. I, I cannot stand. I cannot stand Stephen A. Smith, Skip <laughs> Bayless. Jason Whitlock, Jay Wright, none of them. None of them. Uh, Try to think who I like on ESPN. I like uh I like Dan Orvlowski because he, he always backs up my my Eagles. He always defends Carson Wentz for me. Really? Yeah, that's my guy. I like um, I've never heard anyone say that before. Well, I mean, he, he wasn't a good player, but he's like he's, 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 he's I like I like him as most of the time. If you notice, a lot of the great like analysts or coaches, they're usually like not good players at all. Like, they're usually just the uh, these random run in the mill. I mean, when you think about Dan Orlovsky like as a player, what do you think about? Man, I don't. That's what I don't think so, nothing about this. So me, I think I think about in 2008 when they went 0 16. They were in there. They were like backed up in, in like their own end zone, like at the one yard line. And he he was running, trying to throw the ball. He ran out the back of the end zone, got a safety. Like so, like he's trying to look for a receiver, but he's running, but he doesn't realize his foot is on like the the chalk on the back. So that was a safety. So when I think of Dan Orlovsky as a player, that's what I think about. But him as a analyst, he's pretty good. I mean, even if you think about somebody like like the best analyst, like think about NBA on TNT. Who's the best analyst on that panel? With? Oh man, I, definitely not Chuck. I like Shaq. Kenny Smith's all right, and definitely uh, Kenny Smith. Name? Kenny Smith is the best analyst on that show. What's the other guy's name? The guy, uh, the white Johnson. guy with the glass. Yeah, Ernie Johnson. Yeah. I like him. Man, I like he, him a lot. He's just a talker. He ain't an analyst. <laughs> I mean, like as far as like just breaking down like film and tape and all that. Kenny Smith was the best one. And he's like the worst player on that panel. Like Shaq and Chuck, they were they were superstar players. Like, but. If you watch like that show, they don't. I don't even think they watch the games. I don't think they watch any film. They just like they literally just wake up, put on the suit, come to the studio, and just react to whatever is on, on the highlights. That's it. Like they don't Man. they don't do any extra work. There's no way. Cause, like a lot of the time, they don't even know who the players that they're watching are. Like second touch would be like, wait, I didn't know he played for that team. I'm like, dog, it's it's my team. me going on for four months. How do you not know this? Like. Well, I mean, Chuck don't even know where he is half the time, and Shaq's making Papa John's commercials, so I'm, <laughs> I'm sure they're busy with the other stuff. Icy Hot, uh, uh, the General, the car insurance, like Shaq getting money. Man. Yeah, 
Facts. Facts. You know that story about how when he was uh, first got his contract, he got his check, he spent a million dollars in 30 minutes. Then he had his accountant like, yo, what are you doing? And he never spent an NBA check after that. He's only spent his endorsement money. Yeah. That guy is paid. Yeah, facts. I think I saw that on – um, he was on somebody's podcast. Like, whose podcast was he on? I think it was either All the Smoke or the Knuckleheads. One of them, one of them too, he was he, – he did say that, so. I'm definitely checking that out then. Yeah, all, all the smoke. You, you ever um listen to that one? No, I have not. Okay, that's for uh Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson. They're like really, really good stuff. I, I kind of I stopped listening once the pandemic hit because, like, once they start doing the like the um the interviews like remotely and like over Facetime, it's just it doesn't it doesn't really seem as genuine as like when they're doing them in person. Like when they did a Kobe, they did a Kobe interview like like right before he died. Like I mean, I'm talking like probably like a month or two before he died, they did that and. Going back and listening to it, it is just like it's sad as ever to hear. Um, you don't even understand how big of a Kobe fan I am, man. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> My son is named after him. Like, that's how big of a Kobe fan I am. Your son named Kobe? That's dope. Okay. <laughs> no, his middle name is Brian after him as soon as he passed away. Oh. Oh, the baby, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm like one of the biggest Kobe fans you'll ever meet in your life. Wow. Now, I definitely got to check that out. Also, also the connection between him and Matt Barnes. Yeah. And Matt Barnes being on all the smoke. Yeah. And Matt Barnes wanting all the smoke from Derek Fisher. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> it's funny because Hilarious. I think that's actually what made Matt Barnes um, like come to the Lakers because he said, because Matt Barnes was like getting in, in Kobe's face. Maybe he's talking about Ron Artest. One of them. It was one of them too. And he said, you know, anybody that's crazy enough to go after me is like, is good enough to be on my team. So, oh, that's a, it. Was, it was Matt Barnes because it was it was Matt Barnes in the finals when he tried to throw the ball at Kobe, but he didn't flinch. I remember that. I, I share that gift all the time. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and he um. So Kobe said, anybody who's crazy enough to mess with me is crazy enough to be on my team. So that's when, and then like the very next year, that's when he was on his team. So like, I don't know. Like Kobe, he might have tried to punk you, but if you didn't back down, he he would respect you. I love that guy, man. I. I I really feel bad for his wife. Yeah. She lost her daughter and her husband the same day. That's like terrible, man. Yeah, that that sucks. I um, he actually died. Like, so my birthday is January twenty seventh, and he died on yeah. like literally the day before my birthday. It, it sucks because, and then one of my coworkers, she's from she's from L A, but she's from like Riverside, but she's like a big Kobe fan too. And I remember seeing him like, oh my God, are you okay? So I was like, wait. I got an idea. We should talk about this on my podcast. And actually, I got an episode. If you go back to January, it's actually I actually did an episode with her. We actually talked about it because I mean, watching from afar is like one thing, but I wanted to get it from a perspective of somebody who actually grew up in like that era and grew up in in the LA area. So, of course. But I hated Kobe for a long time because he, you know, he beat my team in the finals. So like, it's just uh, of course you're a Sixers fan. Yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't really. Nope. Don't get me started on that franchise, man. Uh, actually, I hated the Panthers for a while, too, because y'all beat us in, in 2003. I'm never going to figure that one. <laughs> that one killed me, man. I was like, dog, we never – I was like, yo, we are never getting to the Super Bowl. I was like, this is like – this is driving me crazy, man. Because I'm like, three years in a row we get into the championship. We are clearly the best team in the NFC, and we just cannot get past this round. Like It just was like – it was killing me, like. You had the cork board with the thumbtacks, and you was pinning everything, remembering every game, writing them down. Yes. You had the dry erase, pulling your hair out. 
Yes. Yeah, man. The, like the uh, 2003 NFC Championship with Tampa Bay. I know that kills you. <laughs> that is actually like so. Like the Panthers one, like hurt, but the Bucks one actually hurt like way more because there's so many things that goes into that. I mean, Tampa Bay had never won a game below like 32 degrees or something like that. We we had beaten them two years in a row in the playoffs. We beat them in 2000 and 2001 in the playoffs. We beat them like twice in the regular season leading up to that. So we had beat this team like like four or five times in a row. And we're like, we got the best team in the league. It's freezing out here. They're from Tampa Bay. We've beaten this team already like a bunch of times. There's no way they're going to win. We came out. Brian Mitchell had a long run. Deuce Daly had a touchdown in the first drive. And after that, it went all downhill. I just remember like, this, this, this really sucks. Like, I remember just 13-year-old me was just like, I'm never going to see a Super Bowl. And my dad was just like, it'll happen eventually. I mean, I didn't know it would take 15 more years, but like, it just, it happened eventually. <laughs> But then the Panthers one happened, and that was just – the Panthers one was just because, like, it was the third straight time. But the Bucks one was just – that one hurt just for, like, all the reasons I just mentioned. So that, that one really sucks. But that defense was crazy, man. Yeah, the Bucks defense was, yeah. Like, I think the Bucks defense in 2 the Ravens defense in 2000, and probably the Seahawks defense of, like, 2013 are, like, probably, like, the best three defense I, I've seen in my life so and now they're all dismantled. We got Sherman over there with the 49ers. Right. We got uh, Cam Chancellor. He's still doing his thing, but he's not the same what he used to be. He's a shell of himself. Nah. Irvin's out now. Do you see that? He just got injured. He's probably out for the season. Oh, yeah, I did see that, yeah. Earl Thomas, I like. Earl yeah. Thomas is, he's, he's not even on the team right now. Right. So Then we got we, we got Jamal Adams over there. He, he had a nice little second half Sunday night against uh, New England. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I meant to watch. Them, uh, I meant to watch those holidays, so I haven't caught up with that. It's funny because I thought when that game was about to happen, I'm like, "Yo, Seattle's going to smoke New England," and I got to stop yeah. doing Bill Belichick because he, I don't, for some reason, it just doesn't matter what he just always seems to figure it out. I don't know why. You can give him any. You can give him like a high school second string quarterback, and he's gonna he's going to figure out something. Like he he like we were talking about earlier. He finds a system. That yeah. works with the pieces that he has. Right, right. And funny because the first game Cam Newton played, they 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 just ran the ball like down their throats. They ran the ball down Miami throats, and I'm just thinking, okay, they're gonna try to do that again. But Seattle not gonna let them do it. But then they ended up passing the ball, and Cam Newton threw for over 300 yards yesterday. So it just, I mean, week to week, you don't know which team you're gonna get. So it's really hard to to prepare for that. And actually, I did want to ask you that too. Like, were you a fan of of Cam Newton? Like, were you, like, a big fan of Cam Newton? I have been a fan of Cam Newton since he was a backup to Tim Tebow and Florida Gators in college. He came over to Carolina. I thought he was the best thing since sliced bread. (laughs) And he literally put his heart and soul into our franchise. He gave back to the community, and we did him dirty. And I will never forgive my organization for that. Oh, my God, really? Okay. I thought – I don't know. I'm I, a huge watch it from a, I mean, watch it from afar. It just seemed like Cam Newton would be like, he'd be tripping. He'd be tripping sometimes. <laughs> now, when he first came out and he was sitting on a bench and he would pout because he was down and then he'd be all braggadocious and in your face when he was winning. He right. grew up. He grew out of that, though, man. The past couple of years, the only thing he's been concerned about is winning games and he just wants a chance to prove himself. And I think in New England, he has a chance to at least make a playoff run. And I'm rooting for him. I really am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was good. I mean, he's like his size is crazy. I mean, he he has a build like a tight end, like in a quarterback's body. It's it's crazy to me. But right, 
I just remember the Super Bowl, just everybody comes to that play where like, he didn't die for that ball after that fumble. Like, everybody just always looks at that. And everyone looks at that. But I'm telling you, but I'm telling you, if he even if he did die for the ball, there would still been fourth and forever and they would have had to punt it away. So what difference would it have made? Yes, that's true. Yeah. I just I know was, and was, I know after the game. Business choice. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Like, and I know um, after the game, his um, his press conference, you know, people weren't happy about that either. But actually, I'm not going to lie. I'm a, I know what you're saying. He gave his heart and soul. I'm kind of a throw loser too. I get mad when I lose, so I don't really mind him being like that because I'd rather have a player act like that than just not care at all. I don't want to see a player like if my team lost the Super Bowl if they lose a big game, and I just see him on Instagram just like at a party or they're out like celebrating something. I'm like, what are you celebrating? You just lost. So I'd rather, I'd like to see my players actually care about losing because, I mean, they're getting paid millions of dollars, so they don't really have to care. But when I actually see a player actually care about something, that, that kind of makes me happy. So I don't even mind really. Everybody said, oh, Kim Newton is a sore loser. He was piling after the game. I'm like, I mean, he just lost the Super Bowl. Like, what, what do you expect? Like, I don't, I don't want to see him smiling after the game. Like, well, so apparently, because, you know, I'm crazy with this Panther fandom. And on Twitter, I follow all the beat reporters and I follow all the fans and family and stuff. So they were talking about what happened during that press conference. And on the other side, there was a Broncos player. I can't remember who exactly it was. And they were talking trash about Cam and he could hear it. And they were talking about how they already knew what the plan was. They already knew what to do. They shut him down in the first quarter and it was a wrap from there. And while the reporter was asking him a question, he heard them talking shit. And he just didn't want to talk to anybody after he heard it. Oh, okay. See, I, I never heard that story before. Okay. That's how insane of a Panthers fan I am. I know, right, right. know behind the scenes everything that's going on. Yeah, I, I got you. <laughs> I um so I used to be like that too with the Eagles, but Eagles fans like really and it, it's probably like this with a lot of fans, but Philadelphia fans are another breed of like crazy. And Eagles fans are just <laughs> Eagles fans are just nuts, right? And it's like I get the passion, but Eagles fans overreact to everything. Like, I'm telling you, if they come out in the first quarter and Carson Wentz throws an interception or something, oh, game is over. Like, trade Carson Wentz. Like, bench him. He sucks. Like, it's like you have to calm down. Like, it's like relax. Like, you realize it's a 60-minute game. Like, you don't have to overreact to every single play. Everything, like, I had to leave, like, Eagles groups on Facebook because I can't I can't deal with the negativity. Even when the team wins, <laughs> like, I don't even listen to the radio, like, really – like, I used to listen to, like, WIP or whatever. It's, like, a radio station here in Philly. I used to listen to them, like, every day. But I can't no more because the callers would call in, and it would just be so negative. And it would just put me in the bad mood. Even when they would win, they would just be negative and put me in the bad mood. And I'm just, I, I can't do it no more. And now I don't really listen to the radio much now because I don't really want – I don't want them to sway my opinion. I want to have my own opinion about it now that I have, like, like my podcast or whatever. So I don't want to – I don't want to, like – I don't want them to like cloud my judgment and make the make like them make me say something that I don't really believe in. So I just kind of stay away from that. But I really got to stay away from the Eagles fans. Like I, I try to stay away from the Facebook pages and the Twitter pages from the Eagles. They just really, they just really piss me off. So, so, so solely your podcast, you're only talking about Philly sports, Eagles, or you talk about everything. Yeah, I talk about everything. I mean, I really try. So what I was doing last year is especially during football season. I would I would come home on Sunday. I would come home from work on Sunday. I would do an episode like pretty much right there, and then on Monday I would try to catch up on like all the other games. Then I would do like a little recap. I would just talk about the big stories on like Tuesday or whatever. Or sometimes if it was like a big Monday night game, I would do one that night, 
and you know, then I will talk about like basketball or something. But even if I do like an Eagles episode, I'll still talk about something else that's like big in the like big in the sports world at the time. Even if it's like baseball, if it's about like Bryce Harper, or if it's, I talked about the Astros before, like before the pandemic hit, like I I talked about um I talked about LeBron talking about the whole MVP. Uh, oh, he said he's pissed off about the MVP and all that. I'm like, why are you worrying about the MVP right now? You should be trying to win a championship. Like don't, don't right. nobody cares about the MVP. Like like, and I said this on my episode today. So can you you can tell me how many rings Michael Jordan has? Correct. Yes. Okay. Can you tell me how many MVPs Michael Jordan has? Mm, off the top of my head right now, no. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. So when you go back in history, you remember how many rings a player has, but you don't remember how many MVPs a person has. I, I don't know. Like, I mean, Kobe Bryant is the uh, main recipient of that argument. Kobe Bryant has one MVP in his entire career. Mm, I feel like he got robbed that one year with Steve Nash, but people will fight me to the death over that one. So Probably, but, you know, it is what it is. Like, it's just – but he has one MVP award – but he has five rings, and that's what matters. So I feel like LeBron should not be wearing my no MVP award right now when he has a championship to go win. And it's right there in his grass. He has, he's up 2-0. He's up 2-0 on the Nuggets, and I know the Nuggets are the comeback kids, but it's, it's right nah, there. Nah, man, I think, I think L.A. got that one. I mean, I, I thought L.A. got – but they were up 3-1 on the Nuggets. I thought they had it, so I, I don't know. But, I mean, I'm pretty sure. I'm like, I'm like 95% sure, but 5% of me is thinking – I mean, the Nuggets came back from 3-1 – Twice, so you never know. I feel like after that buzzer beater with AD, he stole their souls, man. Yeah, <laughs> Hopefully, they can come back for that. And Dwight Howard was giving Joker fits, man. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I don't remember the last time I seen him play defense like that. And then a, uh, Perkins was on Twitter talking about how he used to lock Howard up. I'm like, bro, if you don't shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> See, Perkins is worried about you. Yeah, facts. Perkins is another guy that just drives me crazy. He says stuff, and I'm just like, you're not good. You weren't good enough of a player to get away with saying these kind of things. It's just like, stop. Just stop. Like, when, when Tracy McGrady goes in the jump, he can say all – he can talk all the trash he wants. Paul Pierce goes in there, he can talk all the trash he wants. Even Jalen Rose, like, can go in there and talk. Because uh, Jalen Rose was a very respectable player. Who was Kendrick Perkins? Kendrick Perkins was nothing. Like, Facts. And I, Paul Pierce has been wilding lately. So I don't know about that guy. Yeah, I remember. He, <laughs> it's funny. I remember last year when I think the I think the Celtics were up on the Bucks like one game and nothing, and he was like, "This series is over. I don't know what they're going to do going forward." And I'm like, "Yep, it was one game. Like, what are you talking about?" And like, I think the yep. Bucks came back and won like four in a row, and everybody was like, "Okay, well, you got to say now, Paul Pierce." So. Right. He's a LeBron hater too, man. I, I can't with Paul Pierce. I don't understand. I, I don't blame him. I mean, he kind of they were they were in the same era, so like, yeah, I can't blame him for that. I think there's a little jealousy going on over there, honestly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Paul Pierce got one ring. I mean, he definitely probably wanted more. And I think in 09, they would have won another one, but Kevin Garnett got hurt. So, like, that kind of blocked them from winning one. And then in 2010, they lost to the Lakers, remember? So, then Kevin it, it, Garnett, the biggest trash talker of all time. Man. Oh, my God, yo. Facts. That's, yeah. I was just talking to my girl about that today, too. I was like, when he was talking about um, Carmelo Anthony about Lala, when he takes like Honey Nut Cheerios. <laughs> Camilla Anthony wanted all the smoke. He was about to go to the – he was – we went to the tour bus and was like, like, fight me right now. Like, let's scrap. Like, so it just was – that that was – I, 
I like that. That was so popular. I remember when that happened. Yeah. And I remember everybody trying to say it wasn't true, and you could not convince me otherwise, y'all. I'm like, I know he said that. There's yeah. no way he wouldn't be that mad if you did not say that to him, man. Right. There's only a couple of things that you can say, but because, like, you know, I if I'm on the court, you can say whatever you want about me. But if you say something about my kid or my girl or my wife or my mom or something, it's like, all right, now we, we got to fight now. Like, there's no way because all that trash talk that goes on, and by that time. Melo was in the league for like eight, nine years at that point. So I'm sure he's heard it all with the, with the trash talk. But there's a certain line that you cross, and it's only a certain thing that you can say to make a man want to run to your tour bus and, and try to fight you. So, Wait, what y'all saying, Philly? Rumble me, dickhead. Yeah, facts. <laughs> <laughs> that's facts. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's so true, though. I'm mad that you know, like, our Philly slang. <laughs> yeah. John and all that, man. I be trying yeah. to put, put people on. Because yeah. if I go somewhere and I try to explain where I'm from and they don't know, I just have to tell them the Philly area because yeah. I'm like 15 minutes away from it. Yeah, yeah. I went on a honeymoon to Mexico with my wife and everybody was asking me where I was from. And I was like, South Jersey. And they didn't understand what I was saying. I was like, yo, like 10 minutes away from Philly, 10 minutes away from Philly. Right, right. Because that's the only thing they understood. Right. So they started asking me a bunch of questions. And th- I remember I met up with these Canadians, man. And they were like, yo, they were like, Philly. They were like, yo, do you know Gilly the Kid? And I'm like, shook. Like, yo, they know who Gilly is? Like, right. that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Oh, my God. I would never expect that. Look at that. I just like, thought- yo, uh, he Not asked really. me, the Canadian dude, he yeah. was like, yo, he was like, in Philly, do y'all just be shooting each other all the time? I'm like, oh, man, come on, dog. I'm like, no, it's not like that. Right, like, like we in Chicago, man. Like, like, <laughs> I just started listening to Gilly the Kids podcast, so I listened to, like, the last two episodes. It's actually, I didn't realize his podcast was doing so so good, so. I didn't know he had a podcast. Yes, yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I feel like everybody got a podcast now. It's crazy, man. I just got my feet wet in it. I just started it. I'm saying I'm testing the waters. I'm really into sports. I wanted to do this for a while now. And I was like, you know what? Your, your dreams aren't going to go after you. You got to go after them. So why not? Pretty much. Like I always say, like, I, I, it's just my therapy at this point. I, I really just, so, you know, when I come home, I'll be so mad about this team, you know? Like when they lose, like yesterday when I come home, when I come home, my, my girl is just like, you okay? Like she knows it's just like don't don't talk to me because I'm just I'm, I'm in a bad like, when they lose I'm in a bad mood and like she knows it's not personal like I mean we've been together ten years now she knows it's just that's just how I am when the Eagles lose like but when they win I'm in I'm in a great mood you know it's just but for that day I need that day and sometimes I need to talk to my phone I need to just let it out and even if nobody listening to me I just needed to I just need to get it out you know so you got a routine like you do something every every game before game day you have to do it or else it's bad luck. Not, not, not really. No, I just, I, I just one of them guys. No, nah, not really. No. Nah. I have a ritual. I have to wear my socks every time before game day because you know what we do in our personal life affects how they play on the field. Right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I say so every time. Right, right. Every time, if I don't put them on, if they lose, I'm like, oh, I didn't put my socks on, man. That's what it was. Yep, my yep. wife be looking at me like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I, <know. laughs> um, I do know, like, there's times when it's like, okay, I was watching the game, and then I wasn't watching the game, and they was winning. But then once I start watching again, they start losing. I'm like, okay, maybe I need to turn it off. But if I feel like, I feel like if I turn it off, then I feel like a bad fan because I'm not watching the game. And it's, it's just a whole thing. But that's that's the only thing, like, close to that I have. I mean, I, I, 
Like, but the gear and stuff, I, I wear gear all the time anyway. I mean, I got enough Eagles gear to like wear probably like for like a year straight. So like, I, I can't even. I could probably wear like an Eagle shirt or, or like whatever every single day and just be okay. So I do got a couple of pairs of Eagle socks too, but I don't. I don't really have like any like traditions or weird like superstitions like that. So I'm telling you right now, put the Eagle socks on when y'all play, and if you win, you got to wear them every week. Well. This is awkward now because I actually wore the Eagle socks yesterday and they lost. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> and honestly, that was the first time I think I wore the Eagle socks in a long time because they were at like the bottom of the hamper and I didn't even realize I still. I I, I know I've seen one, but I didn't know I, I didn't know I had the other one still. So when I put the other one on, I'm like, "All right, cool. I'm gonna wear these today." And it just, you know, but it's like it's cold outside. It's it's getting like a little chilly, so it's not really it's not short weather anymore down here. So can't even can't even see the socks. So. What part of Philly are you from? Uh, West. I'm, I'm from West Philly. I live in Upper Darby now, which is it's like five minutes nice. away from like where I grew up. So nice, and nice, and real area. Um, man, it's, it's a neighborhood. It's, it's cool. Like it's 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 a hood. I mean, I, I stay to myself anyway. I, I go to work. I come home. I watch sports. I wake up. I take my phone. I pick up. Yeah, I pretty much just mind my business. I just, I just, I just want to watch sports. I really like honestly. I just want to go to work, come home, and watch sports. That, that's it. Like honestly, I, I don't want to. I don't really want much else from life. Mood, man. It's, I, I'll go to work, take care of my family, spend time with my wife, watch sports, and mind my business. I don't want to do nothing else. Same, yo. It's just like I just want to, like you know, I just want to take care of my like my child, my girl, and all that, and just that's it. You know, we go out every once in a while, as long as it's not on football Sundays. <laughs> that's it. So just want to do my thing. Yeah, I be. I, I'd be stressing them out, man. And they'd be like, what's wrong with you? I'd be like, nothing. I'm trying to hurry up and get home so I can watch the game. Like, yeah, I'll go shopping or something. And they'd be like, why are you so mad? I'm like, no, I just want to watch the game. I just uh-huh. want to watch the game. It's funny. I used to, when I was a kid, me, like, you know, me, my sister, my mom, and my dad, we used to go to church. And at that time, church was from like 11 to like 1. But then my mom would always stay at the church and just want to talk the whole time. Me and my dad would be sitting there like, mom, like, can we go? Like, we trying to watch the game here. Like, let's go, please. Like, and then when my dad moved out, it was just me, my sister, my mom. So I didn't even have like that backup in my dad to like be like, come on, Mel, we gotta go, we gotta go. I was just I was all by myself. So I would like we would always miss like the first like quarter and a half. And but that was back in the day where you could like tape games on a VCR. So it was <laughs> it was cool back then. But it still was just like I want to go home and watch the game. Like, look, look, come on, like this is it's football season. We only get the 17 like 17 weeks out the year. Like we show we're showing our age right now because somebody's gonna listen to this. And be like, what's a VCR? Yeah, man? facts, right? Like, like, <laughs> like, mom, what's that? Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, that's um, yeah, that's life, though. You know, it's, how how old are you? I am thirty-two. Oh, of course, cool. we. It's like it was meant to be. I'm thirty-one, so. Hey, I, mean, I got four kids, though. Oh, you okay? Yeah, I only got one, so like, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I got one. I got one seven-year-old. He actually started. He actually started playing sports like during the um the pandemic because for a long time I was like nervous. I mean I wasn't really nervous, but people were telling me like he's not going to be in the sports. He's not going to want to play sports. But I don't know for some reason the pandemic hit. We were just bored in the house, and he just started like, "Can we buy a basketball court?" And I'm like, "Can we?" Like, sure. I'm gonna order that for Amazon right now. Like, let's go. Like, yep. Let me start yep. playing. Let me start playing catch outside, and it's just. And I'm still I'm still trying to get him to like watch sports, like actually sit down and watch it. But I'm still working on that. So. See, this is my thing. It, it, you don't have to do it, 
but you have to try it. If you don't like it, you don't have to do it, but you have to try it. Like, yeah. try basketball, try football, try right. like try it. See if you like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you don't know what you're going to get out of life if you don't try it, if you don't make an attempt towards it. Exactly. That's what I teach all my kids. I can't believe you got my four son, kids. Yeah, my son just turned nine. It's his birthday, and yeah. he's really into baseball. And then my older son... <clears throat> He uh, plays football. He's been playing football since uh, six. <laughs> then oh, I got the I got the newborn baby. He, he'll be one next July. And then I got my daughter, who's two. So we, we're a busy house, man. <laughs> yeah, I see. Yeah, look. Young kids, too. A two-year-old and a one-year-old. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, man. But we done after this one. That's that's it. Wrap them up. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I couldn't imagine like I man, just the stuff I gotta do for my son and stuff. I just be like, man, I could not imagine having like any more. Like just I I don't want them like I don't want no more. I'm I'm good, I'm done. Like I know one kid is enough and he's spoiled enough as it is, and it, it's just it's tough, but one yeah, man spoil them while you can. What you mean? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I just you know, whatever. <laughs> Oh, there's one thing I did want to talk about too, like with, with the football thing. How do you feel about this fake crowd noise? Because I'm really not a fan of it. So, all right. So here's my thing. <laughs> I feel like they don't want to be awkward and have it be completely silent because then you'll be able to hear what the football players are saying. But I can already hear what they're saying. Yeah. But what's funny is when the Eagles were playing the Rams, they had that fake booing. Yo, no, like, missed that. So I'm like, did anybody else catch that? Yo? Yeah, like, I'm like, there's no crowd there, and they put a fake boo in for this. Whoever did that, get that guy erased. Yo, facts, right? Like, that's <laughs> like, yeah. Yo, I know Carson Wentz was probably mad at that. I would be like, no, y'all all fired. Like, yeah. I was talking to my boy Ken, and he said when Wentz goes to sit on the bench on the sideline, he's like not even sitting with his teammates. Like, He's on the other side. Like, what's going on? There's like some t- turmoil in there. Yeah, they actually. It was actually reports of like, I think it was last year. I think it was like the last year or the year before. I'm trying to think if it was 18 or 19. And they just said, you know, it was a lot of people didn't like Carson Wentz. They didn't like his attitude, and they said he was jealous of Nick Foles when he won the Super Bowl, and they was jealous of him in 2018 when he led him to the playoffs again. And it was just like a lot of just trying to like throw dirt in his name. And I'm like the biggest. I've been the biggest like Carson Wentz supporter ever, and I said this on my episode today. I'm like starting to, I'm not really starting to be out on him, but all the mistakes that like people keep saying, I'm just like, he is making some like big mistakes. And to me, a great quarterback is when like under pressure they can you know still succeed. And how many like great throws do they make? Like when you watch a game and you see the throws, like how many times do you be like, wow, that was a good throw. Like, how many times did, like, does you see Drew Brees or something? You'd be like, wow, it's a good throw. Aaron Rodgers, like, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, like, 10 times a game, he has a throw. You'd be like, oh, my God, yo. Like, and Unreal. I, I haven't seen those plays from Carson Wentz over the last, like, three years, like, really. That, that man, I, well, we'll save that for your podcast. Yeah. That's like, a whole <laughs> different conversation, my God. Yeah, that's facts, man. I just can't really, it just really frustrates me because Wentz just really, just really frustrating right now, man. Like, but yeah, like I was saying about the crowd noise, I really just don't like. I, like, like you said, I get it. They do not want it to be awkward, but at the same time, I just feel like it's more awkward because, like, the play will end, and then it'll be like a, a little pause, 
And then out of nowhere, it'd be like, ah! you'll hear this like loud screaming. And I feel like, I feel like that's, I feel like that's even more awkward though, honestly. Like I don't, it's because it's, it's so random and it's not, it's not, it's not organic. It's not real. So it's just, it's just this awkward, loud screaming noise for like no reason at all. Yeah. I just, Sometimes I just, I'll be listening to music or I'll be writing my notes for my podcast. So I really won't be paying attention. Yeah. I just look up every now and again. But now that you said that, now that, now that you know, I'm thinking about it, it is a little weird, man. Yeah, it's just I really you just not be no noise at all. Like if you're gonna, like I don't understand why. I don't understand why basketball had to like basketball and hockey had to move to a bubble, but baseball and football were allowed to play in their stadiums. Like I don't I don't get that. Like that's that's one thing I don't understand. I feel like NFL is its own entity. Like they can do whatever they want and they can do no wrong. Baseball, they didn't get it together. They were still everybody testing positive for COVID. Yeah, it's and, true. Uh, NBA, like I, I like the way they handled it. Hockey, I like the way they handled it. Yeah. I haven't really been paying attention to the NHL, but I definitely been paying attention to the NBA, and uh, it's been exciting. They they made the most out of it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I really just, I really wanted the Clippers and the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, though. Like honestly, yeah, I I heard on your podcast, I, I was listening to that one. I, I wouldn't have thought, man. I would have put money, like a lot of money, down on the Clippers beating the Nuggets, man. Right, like, and like Game Seven, like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George just did nothing, and I'm just like, these are your star players, like these are the two guys that's supposed to like lead your team, and why are we not? Why don't why don't Kawhi Leonard get the same flex that like LeBron or like a Melo gets or like a, um like a Kevin Durant or a Kyrie Irving? Like, there's so many players that get way more flex. When they do way more, and Kawhi Leonard just didn't show up in that fourth quarter, and it's like there's nothing, there's just cricket. It's like oh, you know, it's like he gets all of the praise, but he gets none of the blame. Like he's just like Kawhi Leonard, pretty much just plays with house money. He's just gonna win, or you won't hear nothing from him. I guess that's the perks of being quiet. When you're that quiet, I guess you just you don't right. you don't get none of that flex. So. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Is because he's not vocal. He's like a silent assassin. You won't hear nothing from him. He said he's not in social media. He don't want to talk to nobody. He just right. does his thing and he leaves day in and day out. So nobody can say anything about him because he don't guarantee wins. He ain't out here talking trash or nothing. He just plays his game and then goes home. Yeah, he really does too. Like he's so low, remember he's so low key that like um like new balances of sneakers. Like that's how you know he really. <laughs> Yo, I remember reading something, and it was like, yo, Kawhi Leonard looks like the type that not, didn't even tell his family he played basketball. He just leaves, comes right. back home, sits down, and starts eating dinner. Like, yeah, he got right, right, right. I do remember saying that. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's facts, though. Like, like, um, but, yeah, Kawhi, he's like, – I feel like he's one of those, like, really solid assassins because when you watch him, you don't even realize, like, how good he's actually doing. Like, you – you think he's, you think he has like eleven points or something, and you look up and it's like, wait, he got twenty four points, eleven rebounds, right. seven assists. Like, when did that happen? Like, you just right realize that it happened. Like, right, and he was consistent with it too. That's what right. drove me crazy. Yeah, and as a, as a Sixers fan, I mean, he he drove me crazy last year with that shot. That shot freaking, that shot killed me, man. Yeah, man. I don't know. I. That the Sixers organization, Brett Brown, all of I just I don't understand it. I don't hmm. understand it. Well, I really don't. Well, we don't got to worry about Brett Brown anymore. So, 
they didn't let that man back in the hotel room in the bubble, bro. He just, yeah. That door was locked. He, right. <laughs> like, he was fired as soon as he walked off the court. Yo, thanks. Like, he knew it too. Like at the press conference, he he knew he was done. <laughs> like you, you can just tell by the way he like answered the questions they were asking him. He just he pretty much knew it was over. What do you? Wh- who do you want? Who who do you think would be a good fit over there? Um, I wouldn't mind Jason Kidd. Really? Only because I feel like he, I'm a big Ben Simmons fan because I really like I like that kind of point guard. I like the I like the old school like Rajon Rondo. I like the Isaiah Thomases. I, I like the Steve Nash. Like and that's why when people talk about when you say Kobe stole the MVP from uh, Steve Nash. I'm like, I don't know, because I really like Steve Nash. Like, I know we're in the era of the Damian Lillers and the Jamal Murrays and the Derrick Roses and the Russell Westbrooks. And I know we're in, like, the 28-point-a-game uh, point, point guard, but I like the 17, like, 11 and 8 point guard. I like that guy that's the floor general, that guy that, that gets everybody in the right position and makes it happen. I like the Ray John Rondos. I like I like that kind of point guard. So oh, I, God. Love, I, I love this. Yes, Chris Paul, exactly. Like, I love Chris Paul. Like, I love Ben Simmons. Like, I know everybody, oh, he can't shoot, he can't shoot, he shouldn't be here. I'm like, why do you people just think about, worry about the one thing that he can do but ignore everything else that he can do? I mean, he's a good defender. Like, he's a great passer. He's a good rebounder. He does everything else except for shoot. Like, I never looked at it that way, man. Exactly. People don't. People just see – like, even, like, again, back to the whole when I said about the Eagles fans – uh, ben Simmons made the All-NBA 13. Even when the Sixers posted it themselves, there were Sixers fans even saying, oh, he shouldn't be there. There's not three uh, point guards that's worse than him or better than him. I'm just like, our guy just made, like, the third NBA team, and you're not happy about it? Like, what is wrong with you people? Like, it just – like, it makes no sense to me because I'm just – like, what do you mean? He does so much on the court. Like, he's an uh, elite defender. Like, he really is, and I think – him playing, him not playing in that series against Boston actually showed how good of a defender he was. Because if he could have guarded Tatum, I mean, I'm not saying we would have won the series, but I don't think we get swept in that series if Ben Simmons plays. I mean, maybe we win a game or two. But I just I feel like Boston is the most complete team all around as far as two way players and defense and offense. Yeah. Like Marcus yeah. Smart is what Patrick Beverly thinks he is. You know what I mean? That's facts. So I never. Yeah, they both flop and everything too. That, that's true. Like, <laughs> they both got the flops. They are both good defenders. They, yeah, that, that is true. I never looked at it like that. That's yeah. I never trusted Patrick Beverly after I saw him ball in Black Air Forces. He looks like the type of person that will steal change out of your cup holder in your car. So <laughs> right, right. With that dude, <laughs> I like Patrick Beverly. Like the funny thing is, like, like Patrick Beverly and um and Russell Westbrook. They kind of be having their like back and forth or whatever, but I feel like if they were on the same team, they would get along so well because like, like they are just like Patrick Beverly to me is that guy that you do not want to see at the park. Like he would be at the park, but he's probably not the best player out there. But he's gonna be playing the hardest. Like he's gonna be that guy that just annoys you and just like get like get off me, get away, please. Like he's like a he's like a Rodman, but like a poor man's Rodman. Yeah, yeah, Frex. Yeah, Rodman was good too. Like. If Robin could score, he would probably be one of the greatest players of all time. Yo, facts, man. I remember I saw a meme and it said, like, just, like, know your role, stay in your lane. And it was, they showed, like, a, a stat line of him. It was, like, two points and, like, 19 rebounds or something. Like, because, like, he was only there to just rebound the ball. That's it. Like, just rebound the ball, play defense. Like, don't touch the ball on offense. Just 
get it to the playmakers. And that's fine I, I with like me. Those, yeah, thanks. I like those kind of. That's why I said with, even with the point guards, I like those kind of centers. I like those guys because everybody can't be LeBron James. Everybody can't be Carmelo Anthony. Like you need those those type of players. Like you need those guys. You need those Eric Anderson Fairchilds. You need like those those Reggie Evans or those Montrez Harrells. Like you need those guys like Dwight Howard right now. You need those guys that can just do the dirty work for you. Because, you know, the superstars ain't trying to do that dirty work. Facts. They want to go in. They want to put up a bunch of points. They want to have the mm-hmm. crowd go crazy after them. But they're not in yeah. there. They're not in the trenches. That's what yep. the, the, the cleanup crew. That's when you bring them in. That's when yep. you bring in the uh, uh, Morrises, the brothers, both of them, Marcus exactly. and Marquise. And they right. know they well, and they know their roles, and they play them well. So Exactly. They... So, and to me, what pisses me off, like, nothing drives me more crazy than when I see a player, like, the game is tired or they, they're down by, like, one point or something, and, you know, they, they dribble the clock down, they dribble the clock down, and they settle for a three. Like, that drives me nuts because like, I'm like, why are you not going to the hole? Like, like get down there and try to – like, I feel like the point of basketball is to get the easiest shot possible. Like, I feel like when you just, like, settle for a three, like, you, you just don't want the contact. You don't want that smoke. You don't want any parts of – being down low. You just like even that shot last year. I know Damian Lillard made that crazy shot last year against the Thunder to end the series, that, that long three point shot. Yeah. But that was not a good shot though, like if you think about it. Like, nah. The coach gave him a go ahead on that one, but I, any other nobody else on that team would have done anything like that, man. Right. Like if he misses that shot, like you know everyone's going crazy, like dog, you have to get a better shot than that. But because he made it, no one cares. So like, but I just feel like when you're down by like a certain amount, you shouldn't be shooting threes all the time. And I, I feel guess. like I don't know. I just feel like this Houston Rockets era of playing, where it's it's just three, 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 three. It's just you know you live by the three, you die by the three. Ever since the Rockets started with this, they haven't won the championship. They haven't even got to a they haven't even got to an NBA Finals. So. I remember right before Kobe passed, and he was talking about Harden and the Rockets and their style of play and how they'll mm-hmm. never win a championship that way. And he was yep. 100% right, man. Exactly. I mean, Harden might be a good ISO scorer, and he might be able to shoot a three, but when it comes down to it, that's not going to win him a championship. He doesn't no. get past the second round. We got to cut this GOAT conversation out, man. Yo, thanks. I mean, he's yeah. one of the best, like, scorers of all time, sure, but he ain't going to win no championship playing this way. Right. Like, I mean, he has his defensive moments. He does – he has some times where he – you know, he has like a, a key block here or he have a key a key steal here, but oh no, he's not like an he's not an all around player or nothing. So man, we, we definitely we're we're gonna keep this up. We're gonna keep doing this, but I need to take my ass to bed because I got work early in the morning, bro. <laughs> I got you. I man. really appreciate chopping it up with you. So at the end of my show, I'm gonna ask, is there anything you yourself wanna plug? Uh, just want to plug my podcast. It's just a game with KP. Please follow my Facebook page. It's just a game with slash KP. And um, just follow me on. Uh, I don't even get on Twitter. Just you know, follow my follow my podcast on Facebook and follow my podcast on on Google, on Apple, on Anchor, on Spotify, wherever. If you want to follow me on Instagram, you can. I'm at uh, khrxs. One eight nine, Chris one eighty nine with an X, and that's me. All right, man. Thank you so much for being on my show. I really appreciate it. We definitely going to do this again. 
All right, well, yeah, I'm gonna need you to return the favor sometime this week. So, uh, I'm, I got you, and I you got a subscriber in me, man. Yeah, you got it. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. All right, man. All right, boss. Take it easy. Man. Talk to you later. You too.